Good morning. We're thrilled that you guys are here, whether you're online, outside, or here with us in person. Um, and, and my hope today that this message will encourage your heart to dream again, and it will catapult you into action to be a blessing to this city, to find out where you can make a difference. And today, I've entitled this message, Our City, God's Kingdom. And as we finish up this sermon series, one of the first things that I want to remind you of is our memory verse that we've been learning throughout this series, and it's from, taken from Jeremiah 32, 27, and it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And I ask you that. Is there anything too hard for our God? Nothing is impossible for our God. And so today as we, as we culminate this sermon series, I just want to encourage you to dream the impossible, to do the impossible, because God is a God of impossibilities. You know, I want to share with you today about a time when I was serving as a missionary down in Mexico. There was a book that really impacted my life, and it was written by a man called John Dawson, and he's very involved with YWAM, and he wrote this book called Taking Our Cities for God. And I remember I picked it up and I, and I started to read this book, and I have a quote from John Dawson from that book, and um, hopefully it'll be up on the screen. It says, the power of the gospel has radically impacted the life of cities for nearly 2,000 years, but most importantly, our cities must become a place of harvest. Can I get a amen? amen? So the idea of this message is that I want you to see how the gospel can impact a city. And particularly, since we live in this city, we're going to focus our energies on this city. You know, when I was living down in Mexico, I don't know if it was a result of this book or if God was just stirring in my heart in this way, but I began to walk around towns and cities. The town that I lived in, Zarembla, there's a, a town up on the Mesa called Triqui. Um, I was doing some ministry work in Las Misiones. There's a little community called Santa Fe. We would build houses there, mission teams would come down. And I don't know, every time I would go to a new city, I just began to pray, God, move in this city, move in this town. Lord, send revival to Santa Fe. And there's a picture here. Um, there was a, there's a town that I spent some time, I took some students down. Um, it's called San Ignacio. And I have a picture of some students. And we're standing up above the city of San Ignacio. And, I, and these are some of our students, and we're up there, we're praying over San Ignacio. We're like, Lord, bless San Ignacio. Do what you want to do in San Ignacio. And so this is kind of a crazy thing that I've just been doing for quite a few years. I've even done it with Cindy Blaker. We would hike up to the top where you can see, you know, Newberry Park, Thousand Oaks, and Camarillo. I've done it with my brother, Jeff. And something really interesting happened to me in 2016 that I want to share with you. Um, I was living on the mission field, but I had come back to visit here in Camarillo. And I went to this prayer meeting um, 
that, that my brother Jeff was going to with lots of the local pastors and leaders in the area. And I remember I, I showed up at this prayer meeting and it was like God gripped my heart for the city of Camarillo. And not just the city of Camarillo, but in particular, the church in Camarillo. And God just began to say to me, I wanna do something beautiful in the, and I'm not just talking about journey, I'm talking about all of the churches represented here in Camarillo and even Ventura County. And I remember God just began to say, I love my church in Camarillo. I love these pastors who give their lives to, to build up my kingdom here in Camarillo. And I remember like after that prayer meeting, um, my eyes for this county really changed. Because before I ever went on to the mission field, um, I was serving as a teacher in Oxnard, um, in Oxnard School District, and I just really had a different perspective of this area. But it was like all of a sudden after that prayer meeting, it was like God opened my eyes to the beauty of this place, to the wonderful things that he wanted to do here in Ventura County. And it's like he gave me fresh vision for um, what he was going to do here. So I guess what I'm trying to share with you is this isn't a message. This is a message I could say that's been brewing in my heart and my life for many years. This isn't just like some message that I'm saying, hey, you guys go do this and it's going to be great. I I'm telling you, God has been working this message in my heart for many years. And let me just stop and do this. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would fill this place with your power and with your glory and with your beauty. I pray that your people would move into action, that they would begin to see the broken hearts that you wanna touch, the broken lives that you wanna heal, the people that you wanna save. Holy Spirit, come and fill your people with dynamos power to do the work, to reach the people, to bring in the harvest that you wanna reap in Ventura County. In Jesus' name, amen. My plan was in 2016 to go out into the mission field. In fact, I've dreamed for many years of the Amazon rainforest, Central and South America, but God had other plans. I've been here now since 2016. God's blessed me with a beautiful husband and I've enjoyed the time that I've been here. I still hope that someday I'll get to go out again, but for now, I'm here. So God had other plans and I'm thankful. It's been a wonderful season here in Camarillo, being with my family, meeting new people. Um, so what I wanna do now is I wanna, let's turn our attention to the book of Acts. I gotta tell you, Acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and the reason is because you can see the movement and the power of the gospel as the, as the gospel goes into different cities. It's like there's an explosion. As a matter of fact, let me ask you this. That's, that's for a little bit later, but let's look at Acts chapter eight, verse four. 
Acts chapter 8, verse 4. It says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Whoa. Can you imagine like the whole city of Camarillo gathering together because God showed up here in this place and people are getting saved and people are getting healed and people are getting delivered. Can you imagine the joy that there would be in this city? In fact, I, I, I was thinking about this, you know, actually I'll, I'll save that for a little later. Um, let me go back let, let me set the stage for this, this, this particular story. You know, here's the thing. This is a pivotal moment in the, in, right before this happens, right before this Acts chapter eight situation happens. You gotta know what happened leading up to this. Okay, so there, there, was some, there were some widows and some of them were Greek and some of them were Jew. And there was a complaint because they felt like the Greek widows weren't getting taken care of. And so they went to the apostles and they said, we got a problem, Houston, we got a problem. And, and so the apostles said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna choose seven men, full of wisdom, full of the spirit, men of integrity, choose seven of them, and they will be responsible for this food program for the widows. Okay, so let me just give you a few names. The first one that they chose was Stephen. And the second one is this guy Philip that we're talking about in, in chapter eight, okay? So, uh, oh, so these two guys, they enter the main stage, Stephen and Philip. Okay, but here's the thing. In chapter seven, Stephen gets martyred. Stephen, this man who's full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit, gets martyred. And then guess what happens? There is a scattering, like, like God's people start going all over the place into other cities. That's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is that there's a man named Saul, who's eventually going to become the Apostle Paul. He shows up on the scene, and he's there going, yes, kill that guy. Remove that scum from the face of the earth. We need to get rid of these people. So enter Paul, stage right. Okay? And then there's Philip. Okay? And so Philip is the guy who goes, I'm going to Samaria. And what does Philip do in Samaria? You know, um, one of the things, be before I talk a little bit about Philip, I just want to mention to you, you know, it's a very fascinating phenomenon in the church. Martyrdom does not quench the gospel. Martyrdom actually is like a wildfire that causes the gospel to spread 
to other places. So sometimes when we look at a negative, difficult situation that we're facing, I'm sure the disciples were heartbroken as they were burying Stephen who had been stoned. But, but it actually caused God's people to scatter, and in the scattering, they took out the seed. You guys, I, I don't know, when I was a kid, we read about Johnny Appleseed. The guy went everywhere planting trees. That was at least, that was a story I was told when I was a kid. And I feel like that's what happened with the gospel. It's like all of a sudden the seed was getting scattered into all these other cities. And if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see, oh, the gospel goes to this city and then it goes to that city. And in every city that it goes into, it creates an upheaval. And I, okay, um, now you can do the earthquake one. How many of you were here how many of you are woken at 4.30 in the morning in January of 1994 by the Northridge earthquake? Raise your hand. I had just moved to the county. That baby shook me awake. I've lived in California my whole life. I never felt anything like it. I jumped out of bed. I went outside. All the neighbors and I were standing outside. This is the effect that the gospel has when it shows up into a city. The shitty, the city, I'm sorry. <laughs> the city shakes under the power of God. People get healed, demonic spirits flee for their life when the gospel shows up into a city. <laughs> and so I, um, I just want to encourage you that as we finish up this series on miracles, you know, I really, it is my desire. It is my desire. Here's the thing. I'm never going to preach a message that makes you feel comfortable to sit in your chair because I feel like one of the things that God has gifted me and has appointed me to do is to get you moving. You got to move. You got to pray. You got to act. You got to, you, you got to share your faith. And so it maybe some of you feel uncomfortable and I'm actually doing that on purpose, not to make you purposely feel uncomfortable, but because I feel like, I feel like God is wanting to do something in this city and he's wanting to do it through you. He's wanting to do it through me. And so that's why I'm sharing this particular message. Um, you know, I want to go back to this story. I want to talk a little bit. I just want to break it down a little bit. You know, Philip, he goes to the city of Samaria, which we'll call the epicenter. He goes to Samaria. He preaches Christ. He tells the people about Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. The Father chose to do his will. The Son of God the Redeemer, the Savior of the world. 
All, all he did was preach Christ. He just said, hey people, I wanna tell you about Jesus. He lived, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he opened blind eyes, and he is the Messiah that the Jews have been waiting for for a long time. He came, he shed his blood, he died on the cross, the but the, 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 the grave could not hold him. He rose from the dead, he lives, he's alive. He saves, he heals, he delivers. And he's here for you today. And not only did he preach the word, but people started getting healed. Lame people started walking. People who were oppressed by demonic spirits got set free. Now I'm gonna tell you a story. An astounding thing happened. I was down in Mexico several years ago. Sorry. And we heard a report. My friend Karen and I heard a report of a young girl who had been hit by a car and was basically paralyzed. And we were heartbroken to hear the news. But it was a small town and so news traveled fast. So Karen and I, we say, let's go find that girl. Let's go pray for her. And so we, we, we ask around, we find out where she lives, we, we knock on the door. We walk into this very simple dwelling and here's this young 16-year-old girl laid out on the floor. She can't walk. And we're just heartbroken to see the condition of this young girl. It's like, you know, one, one minute she's healthy, the next minute she can't walk. And so, we, you know, her mom's there, and we just say, hey, would you mind if we pray for your daughter? We believe that our God can heal her because there's nothing impossible for our God. So we walk into that room. We pray for the young lady. Nothing happens. And, but we go, well, I, you know, that's on God. We did our part. We prayed. We believed in faith. We prayed for her. And then we left. Well, a few, a few weeks later, we say, let's go check on that girl. Let's see how she's doing. Let's pray for her again, you know, if necessary. We show up, go back to the house, open the door, they invite us in. This girl is standing in front of this little tiny stove like what we use for camping. She's standing in front of the stove making tortillas. <laughs> and we're like, yay God, you, you healed her. Then guess what we did? We preached the gospel to the girl, to her little brother, to her auntie who was living there, and her mom. Guess what happened? They all received Christ in their hearts. Why? Because God showed up in that house. God healed. The doctor said she would never walk again, but God healed her. And then their hearts were just ripe to receive Christ. That's the power of the gospel. And I believe that God wants to unleash that power in our city. That's why I came back here. I didn't come back here to let moss grow under my feet. I came back here to see some things happen, to see some change in this city. 
And so I just love this section of the scripture. And, um, and I just want to reiterate, I love how this section of scripture ends. It says, and there was great joy in, this, in that city. Of course there was, because they're seeing God show up and all this stuff is happening. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, can you imagine one day you go to your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed, and what do you see? You see story after story after story. God healed this blind, Jesus healed this blind woman over here. And, and God, God raised this person from the dead over here. And God spoke through an animal like a donkey over here. And, and, and God showed up in a supernatural way and there was a financial miracle in our lives. Can you imagine if that's what was on your Facebook feed? Your Instagram feed? If, if that was what was blowing up Twitter? Man, wouldn't that, be, wouldn't, wouldn't that create joy in this city to see that kind of stuff happening? That's what I'm believing for. You know, um, I want to just continue to the next section of, um, of this chapter 8. Let me see how we're doing on time. Chapter 8. If we could move into um, verse 9. I'm going to do chapter 9. through uh, Chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. It says, A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years. Amazing the people and claiming that he needed, he cl claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with magic. Okay, so here's this sorcerer guy. He's, he's a sorcerer, he's a magician. He's been wowing the people with, you know, doing these, these signs, right? Guess what happens to this guy? Next slide. But now, the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he began following Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. And I say... A famous, powerful sorcerer in Samaria had been astounding the people with his power, but Philip shows up with a powerful message. This sorcerer gets saved, and the kingdom of darkness suffers a great blow. What about that? What about people who are operating in the occult, magic and all that, and they get saved? I wasn't going to do this, so I'm going to share this story because this is crazy. So I work with this pastor. His name's Juventino. I've done a couple of mission trips with this guy, and he and his wife are amazing. She's a prayer warrior, and he's a healing evangelist. And so we're in his hometown, and we're getting ready to do like this, you know, couple day like crusade there in his hometown there in Oaxaca. There's a lot of witchcraft there. 
and it's very, very strong Catholic, um, very strong Catholic town. It's a very small town there. And so I'm, you know, we're getting ready and they start telling me this story. They said, yeah, this one year, you know, we came here to preach and I was going to preach the gospel because God had put it in his heart to go back to his hometown and preach the gospel there whenever he could because he wanted to see his own people saved. And so he said, I showed up to preach the gospel and I had laryngitis. I couldn't talk. No voice would come out. Well, it turns out that there were two witches who showed up to basically stop the work that he and his wife were doing there in that city. They showed up. And so his wife, he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. He goes, it, it, what, what if I get up there and I grab the microphone and I can't preach the gospel? His wife said, don't worry about it. You just go up there, and she's like, and I'm going to pray. And she just starts, she just goes into prayer. She's like, God, you know what's going on. Break through. Like, give him his voice back so that he can preach the gospel, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, what happens, he gets up there. He starts preaching the gospel, and two things happen. One of the witches that were there on assignment, one of them ran for the hills. The other witch got converted. I'm telling you, this is a true story. I'm not making this stuff up. Like That's what God does when the power of his spirit shows up in a situation. And I was like, wow, that is an incredible story. And so he just was able to preach and like things get stirred up when, when, when the spirit shows up in a situation. Let's finish off the rest of this section of Acts chapter 8, verse 14. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. And so, it looks like I got cut off, but that's okay. So this is what happens. All of a sudden, word gets back to Jerusalem. Samaria has received the good news of Jesus Christ. And so Jerusalem sends in the big guns. They send in Peter and John. And John come, they come, they lay hands on the people, and the people get baptized in the Spirit. They get baptized with the Spirit, and then the things, things continue moving on. It's an amazing story. And so here's my question for you today. And I want you to ask yourself this. How can I make a difference in my city? How can I make a difference in my city? And really, all I'm inviting you to do is to ask God, show me the way you see the city. Show me the way you see my coworkers. Show me the way you see my class. Show me the way you see my neighbors. What do you want me to do about it?
Interestingly enough, this isn't the first time that the gospel shows up in Samaria. Matter of fact, one day Jesus was walking, he was on his way to do Judea and he made a pit stop in Samaria. And he had an interesting conversation with a thirsty woman at a well. And I feel like we can get some insight of how to bless our city through the conversation that he had with this woman. Here's a slide. Um, the next slide is kind of some strategies that I want to give you for what you can do. And I guess it's in a couple of different slides. But here's, the conversa- here's kind of how the conversation went. He's talking with this woman. I won't go into the whole story because we're kind of wrapping things up. But one of the things that, that, that Jesus said to this woman who was living in Samaria, he said to her, he said, worship God in spirit and in truth. Like you don't need to go to Jerusalem to worship God. You don't, need to go, you don't even need to come to church to worship God. Matter of fact, you can have a worship service in your car on the way to work. How about that? Yeah? You, you, um, so worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you, when we worship God, and I'm not even just talking about music, although music sometimes at least gets us going, but when we worship God, things happen. We affect the atmosphere around us when we worship God. It says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when I begin to worship, when I begin to thank, when I begin to say, God, there's nothing impossible for you. I see this impossible situation, but you are the God of the impossible. This is nothing for you. When I begin to worship God, first of all, it helps my faith to arise, but it helps, it, it just, it, things, things move around. It's like an earthquake. You're causing an earthquake when you worship in spirit and in truth. So worship God, in, in, wherever, in your car, in your neighborhood, at work. Okay, second thing. So this lady, like she's talking to Jesus and, and she's like, well, we, we heard that maybe the Messiah is going to come. And Jesus says to her, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And she's like, what? No way. She drops her water pot. She runs in and she goes and tells the guy, come see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. He's the Christ. Like, come and check it out. And she goes and shares with the people in her city about this conversation that she just had with Jesus and how he basically, like, told her all kinds of things about her life that she didn't want to talk about, right? So number two, share a story of how Christ changed your life, like the Samaritan woman did. At your workplace, at the store, in the parking lot, on Facebook. Look for the harvest. If you begin to open your eyes and you're aware, you know, Jesus, then the disciples show up, Jesus says, don't say four months and then the harvest is coming. He said, look at the fields, they're white with harvest. I'm gonna tell you, um, my, friend Mark, my friend Mark and Elaine Brown, Mark loves to go out into the community and just share faith with people. Give them a track, tell them Jesus loves them, pray for them, and just, he loves to do that. And he said, you know what, people are so open. 
And I'm telling you, two years of a lockdown and lots of fear has opened hearts. People are open. Share a story of how God, you don't need to be weird. Just share like, you know, this one day, you know, God healed me from depression. Share your story with them, you know? Um, I think there's a, there should be another slide, hopefully. And then we're gonna wrap this up. Walk your neighborhood. Praying for your neighbors, local schools, the staff, the administration, the school board. My mom and I have been walking around. We've been walking around. We've been praying for the neighbors. I'm excited to see how God's going to move in our neighborhood. There's a group of men in Somis, on, on Dodson. Every Wednesday, men praying for our community. It makes me want to cry every time I see them. And it's growing. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. So what I'm, what I'm asking you to do really is to just be intentional. I'm asking you as you're driving to work, I know in fact, Michelle, you shared that story. You began to be intentional with your time. And you would listen to worship music to prepare your heart to go to work. Be intentional about where you go and what you do when you go to the store, when you go to work, when you go to school, when you're in your neighborhood. Just begin to be aware and to be intentional and ask God, is there something you're, asking, you're inviting me to do? Because a lot of times, God's already moving. He's already working somewhere, and he's just inviting us to join him in it. And then I'll just end with this. Bless your city. Bless the city. What does bless mean? Bless means speak good things over your city. A lot of times we have a bad habit of cursing, cursing things. But, but, but bless your city. Go to Constitution Park or the government center. Pray for our leaders. Bless them. Speak good over them. The Bible says in Romans 12, it says, bless, don't curse. And, um, and that goes for our state, that goes for our nation, that goes for the nations of the earth. We speak blessings over this. Last one, I love this verse, and I'm going to share it with you. It's not up here, but it says, overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. You see something evil happening, whether it's on the social media feed, whether it's in your neighborhood, overcome evil with good. What good thing can I do? I'm seeing an injustice. I'm going to pray justice over that situation. Overcome evil with good. I just want to finish today with this invitation. Where is God calling you to make a difference in this city? First, God begins with you. He shows up like an earthquake, disrupting your life. He asks you to make him the epicenter of your life. And then he fills you with the power of the Spirit so that you become a conduit for his love and for his miracle working power. Will you pray with me? And if you're willing, will you raise your hand into the air as an act of surrender? 
and just say, Lord, here I am. I'm your son, I'm your daughter. Fill me with your spirit, fill me with your power. I offer myself to you. Do miracles through my life. Show me, Lord, where you're working. Show me the people you wanna love. Show me the people you wanna save. Show me the people you wanna heal. Show me the people that you wanna touch. I'm here, Lord. Send me into this community. Show me where the harvest is. I wanna be a laborer in your kingdom. I wanna bring in the harvest. Show me where I can make a difference in this city. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've never experienced the disruption that Jesus brings into our life, if this is the first time you've heard about Jesus and his love for you, his, his death, his resurrection from the dead, right now you can give your heart and your life to him. Join me in, in praying this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me for living without you. I repent for all the wrong things that I've done in my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And make me a vessel of honor for your kingdom. Fill me with your spirit and use my life to be a blessing to my community. In Jesus' name, amen.